Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. It's Mark here with Ryan as usual. Ryan, going uh, crazy down in lockdown, mate, but uh, I think our spirits are high after some uh, some teamless Tuesday chaos and we're ready to uh, to dissect for the, the listeners. Oh, yeah, it was an absolute chaos, yeah. Um, Mitch Moses was a bit of a surprise. I don't think anyone saw that one coming, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure we'll get um, straight into it. I mean, I know he, you know, was a bit of a passenger in Origin, but having a, a broken back it made me sort of feel bad for hanging, hanging it on him for uh, for not performing. But yeah, mate. Uh, speaking of Mitch Moses, that's probably a good uh, segue into our first game here, because obviously uh, Eels versus Raiders is our Thursday night game, and Mitch Moses not named. Um, we've just found out this afternoon that he played roughly seventy minutes in Origin with a fracture in his back. Uh, and we're getting reports that that's sort of a three- to five-week injury. Obviously, Moses is in my team. Uh, is he in your team? No, no, I've uh, managed to avoid no. him, so I'm, I'm quite happy about this one. Yeah, yeah. no, well, I mean, uh, obviously missed last week, which we kind of expected off the short turnaround, but everyone was kind of expecting him just to be named today, and he isn't. Um, so, mate, uh, I guess from a uh, fantasy-relevant perspective of guys who – this helps. Um, I would suggest that it allows the ball to actually get to Ryan Madison, and we saw that happening. He got 76 points and looked really good in attack last week, which was uh, a nice change compared to what he has been doing. Yeah, something a little bit uh, surprising for uh, for owners anyway. They've probably gotten used to uh, his plot of 44s and, and uh, those type of scores, but he's actually uh, he's come good last week. And, yeah, you got to think that, Potentially uh, with Jacob Arthur now um, inside him, that he he might he might see a little bit more ball, and we might uh, see Turner Matto. Are you excited? Yeah, mate, I'm excited. I'm I'm an owner. Six hundred and forty three k. You don't have him. Is he no. tickling your fantasy at all? Um, I mean, I've, I picked up Isaiah Papali'i last week, so I'm thinking about maybe just uh, you know. Only one Eels back rower is enough. I don't yeah. think I want to be too heavily invested there. But um, if I didn't, I'd, I'd definitely be considering it. Yeah, well, I mean, and just between you and I, I don't want you ruining him either. So just stay away. <laughs> uh, mate, outside of that, this Eels team's pretty bare. So obviously Hayes Dunst has dropped out. Um, I was actually planning on using him for a loop this week, but I've, I'm now looking at him and seeing that he's the 18th man, which obviously can cause some issues if they end up having to come in and it <laughs> would mean that I wouldn't get turbo score this week. So I reckon I might just close that the loophole down that I've, now that I'm looking from at this, this. would be Nathan Brown. Um, with the, the last couple of weeks, we've seen him play 66, 68, 59, and 72 minutes uh, with three games over 55 points and a floor of 48. Mate, uh, actually got t- Peter, my younger brother, messaged me earlier and said, how good's Brownie going? He picked him up at about the same time he started scoring better. Uh, mate, uh, with Will Smith sitting there on the bench, uh, is Nathan Brown somebody that you'd have a look at? Yeah, he really um it's it's really a big winner isn't it having Will Smith on the bench there and these back rowers for the Eels seeming like they're not 80 minute players or you know at least not week to week anyway. Um yeah, I mean it certainly does make Nathan Brown a little bit interesting. Um we have seen a slight uptick in his minutes. That said like in like round 11 12 he was playing like 60 72 minutes and still scoring in the 40s. So 
Um, I mean, I'd, I'd, I still think that uh, he's probably got those 40 scores in his game, but playing those consistent minutes, you, you have to think he's going to be at least a uh, low to mid-50s average for the remainder of the season. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly someone to have a look at, particularly if you're, you know, if you're looking at making some last trades there and you're looking for uh, someone in that, in that particular budget. Uh, just wanted to have a look at. Uh, moving on from that, I think, I mean, uh, outside of that, there's not a lot happening there. So I actually read Marnie, uh, obviously came back with a bang. I kind of forgot about him and his nice 77 points last week. Mm. Uh, mate, did you, did you read it last week or did you weep? No, I, I weeped, unfortunately. He's, he's oh, entering. No. Yeah. I know after I talked him up so much last week, um, but he is entering my team this week. I'm staring at him currently. Uh, Tohu's injury is giving me the perfect excuse to, uh, to read it and not weep this week. Um, but yeah, I know you even put it out on the social medias, uh, you know, Cliff and me talked him up and I bloody, I bloody didn't get him and he punished me. Mate, you're such a dud. Oh, I know. Isaiah Papali, he ruined him for the masses and, and mm. misreads. So mate, maybe you should trade him out. Can you go for someone else instead? <laughs> just for the sake of, uh, yeah. just for the sake of our for listeners. Yeah. For the listeners, mate. Um, no, nah, but outside of that, obviously moving across to the Raiders team, uh, so we see uh, Savage, and um, I have to laugh here. The um, I had a a lovely gentleman on uh, Facebook uh, rustling my jimmies about me recommending to cash out to Stimson instead of Xavier Savage after last week, and he was kindly rewarded with Savage being ruled out for the rest of the year. So. I mean, um, you know, as far as you're concerned, mate, you just miss one score, so it's not too bad. Uh, obviously, Savage is gone. I think it was it was an AC joint. Yeah, it's, it must be a pretty significant damage that he's he's gone for the mm. year. AC joint. Yeah. Well, he's only little. Um, I mean, who knows? But mate, uh, so that's his Rapa now going to f- fullback. Obviously, he's not a noted fullback, and but there doesn't so like even Harley Smith Shields is kind of more a center. It's kind of a bit of a patchwork uh, backline here for the Raiders. Uh, no Whiten with uh, Frawley coming into the team. It's really the Corey Harawira Naira show who raised the bat without even scoring a try last week. Yeah, I know. We've, we've seen two now, two uh, trialless centuries this season. Uh, it just goes to show how ridiculous this year is with the scoring that we're, we're getting all these guys that are starting to raise the bat without even needing a try. But um, no, he was excellent last week and man, looking more and more like a keeper. I'm, I'm very glad I only paid 330000 for him, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was considering trading him last week to Tyson Frizzell, which would have been an absolute nightmare. Uh, and I ended up getting – so I, I looked at uh, instead of going Corey Harawira-Naira to Tyson Frizzell, I went Greg Marju to Reed Marnie, which caused me to not have to play Ben Hunt. So that would have been a 50-points swing from the Marnie to Ben Hunt and then also an additional 70 from Frizzell to Harawira-Naira. So uh, that was a 120-point trade decision there. Wow. So, That's... mate, that was absolutely insane, the swing on that. I don't think I've – if anyone's got a story where they, you know, made more of a swing on points than that, I'd love to hear it because that's, yeah, hundred one trade decision, 120 points, and I almost talked myself into it on the pod last week and then I chickened out and I went for depth, uh, which I now need because I'm missing both Fogarty and uh, Moses this week. So, yeah, all things, good things happening for a reason and um, I was even really mad about uh, going for uh, – 
Torhu Harris instead of Papali'i a couple of weeks ago. But then if Torhu hadn't have you know done his shoulder, I wouldn't have got Fanua Blake. And then you know obviously Fanua Blake's outscoring Papali'i. Torhu's now gone for the year, and yeah, that all seems to be working quite nicely. So oh. make the um, yeah. I actually want to do a shout out to the fantasy gods for smiling upon me and and thinking you know enjoying our sacrifice that we gave. Um, mate, but speaking of uh, fantasy gods, uh, Josh Hodgson, another 60-plus point score. Uh, are we going to start taking this guy seriously soon? Yeah. Is it time for us to uh, chalk up that uh, Hodgson uh, prediction as a win? Because we gave that one to the fantasy gods, I'm pretty sure. So. <laughs> no, mate, don't take it off the fantasy gods. Don't you dare. <laughs> it's their point. Uh, yeah, no, he's really come good, hasn't he? Um, yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain it because uh, – yeah, well, I mean, his tackle counts are sort of the same. I guess he's he's missing less tackles in the last couple of weeks, and um, Wait, the run meters is up. The run yeah, meters run, up. run running it a lot more, and um, I suppose as well with the kick meters up as well. With I guess with you know George Williams gone, um, Jack Whiten out this week as well. I mean, you could really All right. We see just that had a little technical to, uh, difficulty there, so if you. Uh, if if you dropped out halfway through hearing me scolding Ryan, I, I'm not quite sure exactly where it dropped out, but I think I've rescued it and we ha- are not going to have to double record this. All things going according to plan. So if anyone's wondering what the uh, the technical issues are, it's Ryan's internet connection. Uh, mm. So he's uh, he's on the naughty list. And um, so the long long story short, into what we were just talking about before we realised we weren't recording, <laughs> is um, Ryan's an idiot for upsetting the fantasy gods. And uh, Josh Hodgson's better than Damien Cook. So we're not going to leave you any explanation for that aside from moving on. (laughs) Roosters versus the Knights, first game on the Friday night. Uh, Mate, uh, James Tedesco comes back in. Josh Morris drops out. Billy Smith's going to keep his spot. Uh, Fantasy-wise, though, it's really Sam Verrills and Angus Crichton on top of uh, Tedesco. And, I mean, obviously Manu scored really well in – at fullback, which we sort of know that that's what he does. Um, but, um, I mean, what can we say that we haven't said a million times on this Roosters team? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if, if you want to say it's time to buy Victor Radley one more time, um, mm-hmm. I guess we could just trot that one out again, to just to play the classics. The people love to hear yep. us play the yeah, hits. Mate. Uh, mate, according yeah. to, uh, well, if you ask T- TK... From uh, Talking League, that's two dates for Rick, Rick, Victor Radley now. So we all know what happens on the third date. Good to hold hands. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, mate, uh, obviously Angus is going really well. Anyone that doesn't have him can pick him up at their leisure. Uh, Tedesco, I'm still suggesting to you, I know some people were sort of were having a conversation about Tedesco. and Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable he's still going to end up as a top three, four, wing fullback this year. So uh, I certainly wouldn't be steering away from him, and it could be this week that they put the foot on the gas. Uh, but outside of that, this fer- this uh, Roosters team's pretty uh, devoid of fantasy options. Uh, and yeah. Daryl's is sort of a cheapie, but, you know, you're not really buying him at this point, are you, really? No, I mean, no more than a cash out. But even so, I think there's better cash outs than him. He's not really scoring that well, to be honest. Like, only 30 points. Like, it's not terrible, but... I mean, you could probably pay 228k and get someone who's going to score you 30 points. Um, yeah, and like again with Tedesco, I'd probably, uh, you know, just echo your thoughts. So like, if you take out that that game where he played half an hour, got knocked out, he's still averaging 55 this year. So, like, it's not panic stations. He's still scoring quite well. Um, 
And I'd, I'd probably expect to, him to be around that 55 to 60-point mark for the majority of the season. <clears throat> yeah. I, personally, I think the Avalanche is coming, and I think he's going to be like 70 rest of the season. Ooh, I hope you're right. Yeah, me too. Knight, uh, so Kalen Ponga, uh, we kind of warned people last week about buying him into the storm, and he was on track for about 25 points for the game before he got HIA and ended up with 10 or something. Mm. So um, eight, eight, so eight in 30-something minutes, so might not have even got to 25 based on that. And that the storm do that to teams. Uh, no Pierce. Uh, obviously doesn't help, and Pierce is out again this week. Uh, Frizzell was the other one for the Knights that we were talking about, uh, 35 in 80 minutes, break-even at 91 now. Pongas is in that 80, 89. And um, so, I mean, both of those guys, I, I still feel like they're a value and you could jump on even with a high B if you needed a score this week. Uh, but, I mean, the other one that we were just sort of discussing off air is is Mitch Barnett, which, you know, you brought up something interesting with his scoring, particularly in relation to Frizzell. Yeah, well, no, well, something I was looking at this afternoon because, again, like we just had this uh, fantasy amateur mind mill that we that we sometimes have that we were looking at the same player without even knowing it. Um, yeah, no, Barnett's scoring, it's um, on, on an edge this season. It's uh, versus Frizzell. He's obviously he doesn't have the same ceiling as Frizzell, um, but he tends to hit his average score a little bit more than Frizzell. Like Frizzell's got this bit of fluctuation where he's uh, where he puts up a low 40 score a lot more often than, say, Barnett would. Barnett's you know usually in that uh, mid-50 to low-60 sort of range. But Frizzell's ceiling is a lot higher. You know, we've seen him hit 90s and 80s, um, you know, very well occasionally this season. So, yeah, I, I think um, if you can afford to wait on Frizzell, I think he's going to represent awesome value um, next week. But looking at Mitch Barnett, like obviously Adam O'Brien's finally figured out that uh, Fitzgibbon's a spud and, and moved. Barnett, <laughs> Barnett <laughs> that is exactly the word that I would have used as well. Yeah, move I don't Barnett really back. understand. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm actually really interested in Barnett this week. Um, mm. I'm looking at him as being like McCulloch, except not shit. It's <laughs> a good description. Yeah, no, I mean he's averaged he's averaging what well, just in his second row starts this year, fifty six, and uh, only one score below forty. And I think the majority of his scores are you know fifty five plus. So mm. yeah, he, he looks uh, he looks a great buy as long as Fitzgibbon doesn't come back into this side. Yeah, I mean, obviously there is some goal kicking weighted into that 56, but I mean, it's probably only one point worth to two over the entire season. So, mate, definitely a a good option to have a look at the three there. Braley with a pretty poor score again. And uh, Watto gets a start the week after you sold him. So, I don't know who I hate more, Ivan Cleary or Adam O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, mate. Every coach hates your fantasy team. Especially Michael Maguire, too. He's another one. BA seems to not mind him at the moment, though. I'm glad he's gone with Will Smith instead of an extra forward on the bench there. Mm. Yeah, yeah BA, BA's doing some nice things for his final. Yep, absolutely. Uh, mate, uh, I'm really hesitant to talk about this next game, but it's <laughs> Cowboys versus the Storm. Uh, one bright, shining light in a uh, in a dark, dark place is the Tomalolo train rolling on. If only somebody could have predicted that he would score really good given about 60 minutes a week. I certainly couldn't do that. Uh, but if I could, I would have. Oh, I'm pretty sure I did. 
Okay. So, mate, now that I've got that out of the way, 51, 60, 68, and 66 the last four weeks, uh, we've still got people inboxing us asking if Tomalola is going to keep scoring well. Uh, obviously, this week is not the week to be gloating going into the storm where typically attacking players score worse. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you got Tomalolo there. Um, you're not a Tomalolo owner, are you? No, I'm not. Are you looking at him? Um, I, I was. Like, I, I had a brief look at him and then uh, I saw they're playing Melbourne this week and I was like, that can wait. <laughs> that, was, that was my first thought. That can wait. Um, yeah, no, I mean, look, he's certainly performing well the last few weeks. Um, but, yeah, again, if you're looking to buy, I'd, I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable saying just wait one more week. Um, mm. You know, break break even's 36, so, or, you know, in that mid-30s. So he's, he's not going to go up drastically um, if you assume he's he's going to put on a little bit of a lower score against Melbourne. Um, but mm. that said, I don't think he's going to put up an awful score either. I'd be surprised if it's under 45. No. Yeah, I'm just... Uh... I'm pretty closely looking at doing a uh, trying to do a loophole with Tomalolo because uh, he obviously plays earlier in the week, and I am very concerned about the score. And he's a pot in my head to head this week. So, um, but outside of that, there's not really anybody you want to be mucking around with in this team. Uh, I mean, Hamaso went all right. I guess you know you don't want him this week playing Melbourne, but yeah, and he got that really nice breakaway try, which helps as well. So, mate. Uh, if he actually uh, works out that he just needs to follow the ball around, wait for an offload, and then run around people, he's going to be a very dangerous player in the NRL. Uh, Melbourne, though, yeah. obviously Hines is there. Cooper Johns names in six. Pappenhausen in 17. Uh, the uh, prevailing theory is that Pappenhausen is going to find his way into the number one with Hines moving to six with Munster out, though. Uh, are you subscribing to the that theory or do you think it's going to be Pappenhausen off the bench? I think it's probably going to be Pappenhausen off the bench, honestly. Um, I could, you know, probably see him playing, uh, you know, around that 50 minute mark. But I mean, mm-hmm. for my, cause like Cooper Johns, um, you know, I don't know, like um, I, I could certainly see Hines moving to five, eight. Like you also got to remember that, um, you know, uh, Hughes picked up that injury last week. So, I mean, if the storm are a, up by a million points against this Cowboys side, which is known for, for leaking points. Yeah, could even be Hughes getting a rest um, pretty early on and Pappenhausen coming on then. But mm. um, honestly, I'd, I'd probably be surprised if Pappenhausen starts personally. Like, he hasn't played footy in, like, nearly three months. Yeah, but look at that haircut, mate. He can do anything. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't factor that in. Yeah. Obviously, break-even out of 100 or thereabouts. So not an urgent buy. I mean, how many weeks in a row would you have to see him play before you'd be confident enough to pick him up? Because you're about the only person going to have trades left by the time that happens. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. Um, I mean, look, break even of 108 coming off the bench, I'd be pretty happy uh, probably giving him not only this week, but probably a week after that. And Because, uh, I mean, they play Penrith next week. I know it's not the same Penrith team, but still it's not a walkover matchup. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd probably be looking at him for like the start of the head-to-head finals if uh if he is looking good looking his old self and back starting um and you're probably going to be picking him up for a huge discount but otherwise like mm. pong is there too who's also going to be in a huge discount so yeah just wait and see what shakes out um because i mean like they don't need to rush him back like Hines has been absolutely killing it he had a, another great game last week and yeah if you're bellamy you know you you want pap fit for the finals so yeah why mm. why rush him 
Yeah, exactly. Mate, just a, a quick question without notice. Um, mm. When was the last time you looked at Pappenhausen's profile? What is, like, fantasy profile? Yeah, to see, like, you know, BE projections, oh, all that sort of stuff. Well, legit just now, I saw he had a break of oh. 108. <laughs> I was gonna, no, I was going to ask you, if you to guess what his ownership was, but you just ruined it because you looked at it. Oh, sorry, mate. 14%, yeah. bloody hell. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was looking at. I was going, Jesus Christ! There's a lot of people hanging on for a long time. Oh. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, this Melbourne team is not doing a lot for me. Obviously, Harry Grant's going to come back at some point in the future. You'd have to imagine, uh, which is going to stifle Brandon Smith a little bit. He's still scoring well. Twenty percent ownership. You guys are just uh, holding and praying. I think at this point. Uh, yeah. Rabbitohs versus the Warriors. Uh, we see Alex Johnson out with a hamstring injury. Jackson Paulo and Josh Mansell come in, uh, which means Tane Milne is down in 14. Um, mate, Cameron Murray is the the news here. I think he's got something like, if you exclude players that are injured, the second highest three-game average at the moment or something like that. Yeah, he's absolutely killing it. He even played a bit nearly half the game at centre last week and just still absolutely blitzed it. Got that try, which helped. Um, but, yeah, mate, he's absolutely killing it. He's got that dual position, still under 700,000. I think anyone who doesn't own him, you should really be considering him, um, mm. especially, you know, in this south side that are just going to roll over the top of people. Yeah, well, I mean, you do have to look at the last three games that he's played is bottom four, bottom four, bottom four. Actually, no, West Tigers aren't bottom four, are they? They're, they're doing a bit better than that now. Are they? I think they are. Fifth, oh. bottom five. <laughs> so Cowboys are below them. Damn it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, they're rolling into uh, depleted Warriors, Dragons, who will probably have players out suspended, Eels without Mitch Moses, which is, you know, it is a negative as much as I like to hanging on Mitch Moses Titans who are not a noted defensive team, um, but then roosters and then dragons again. So, I mean, there's no particularly difficult matchups through that lot, except maybe the Panthers, depending on whether they've got the, the Cleary back and, and where they're up to there. Um, it's an interesting uh, proposition. The schedule is definitely tougher than it has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like you can look at, uh, his scoring over this season, like I don't know, like, I, I still I'm still pretty confident in him to uh, to mm. put up some decent scores. I mean, like you know, he had what a fifty against the Roosters back in round three. I mean, he really hasn't played many good teams this year, has he? It's really hard to judge. Um, no. The only tough team he played was Queensland in game three. <laughs> oh, Queensland, so good. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, mate. Outside of that, uh, this Rabbitohs team is not making me very excited. Uh, really, Cook is kind of just absolutely falling off a cliff. Reynolds is kind of not really doing that much. Latrell's not really doing that much. I just don't really know. It makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, you know, Gago is still going all right, scoring, like, high 30s yeah. without tries. So, I mean, you know, it's something. Yeah, for a centre, though, you've got to be got to be happy with that. Uh, Warrior side yeah. of the ball, though, Reese Walsh, obviously 60 points, did really good last week. Uh, so he's kicking along nicely up into the 600s now. Uh, we've lost Torhu Harris and Wade Egan, which sucks for everybody that had Wade Egan because he was doing awesome. Uh, that sees Jazz going to the hooker role and Udicolo go onto the bench. You have to imagine Jazz is going to split time between hooker and middle 
Curran's probably going to split time between that lock and maybe a little bit out on the edge, but then they got Katoa on the bench as well. So who really knows what Brownie is going to do there. Uh, from this Warriors team, obviously, we're sort of having conversation today. I think uh, more than benefiting is more like everybody there's becomes a bit safer is what we'd sort of say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree there. I, I don't, like, I know we were sort of debating over, you know, like what's, you know, if this really helps anyone. I'm not sure if it does, but it, it definitely makes uh, the roles of Matt Lodge and Vanilla Blake a lot, you know, a, a lot safer. You're not probably not going to have to worry about them playing less than uh, 50 to 50. 55 any given week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you can pr- I, I, probably pencil them in. Yeah, I think it's going to be 55 to 60 is sort of where I've got them at. Uh, and then the, neither of the edges kind of playing 80 and, and Katoa sort of swipping in there and, and Jazz splitting time. I mean, in an ideal scenario, Jazz would play a couple less minutes and that would get filtered towards Lodge and Fenel Blake, who are much better middles than he is, but uh, I'm sure that won't happen because Brownie. Uh, but fantasy-wise, I mean, is Curran or Jazz or, you know, I mean, Fenel Blake's still under 600K. I mean, I'm an owner, so I'm not looking at buying him. Is he somebody that you would have a look at now that his role's a bit safer? Uh, look, yeah, I've considered him. Um, I, you know, he certainly would be one I'd consider. Uh, that said, I'm, I think I'm just targeting someone with a little bit, a uh, little bit higher of a long-term average. I think, like, I, I think mm-hmm. uh, has obviously got these big games in him where he can go over one ppm, but he's also got these low games. I, I, I still sort of see him averaging in like around that 53 sort of mark, maybe 55 if we, you know, get some big attacking games. But I don't know. In my mind, I'd, I'd rather just pay the extra 30K and go a guy like Mitch Barnett. But, um, mm. you know, if you can't afford that, then, yeah, I still think Fanua Blake represents, um, you know, some good value in a keeper. Yeah, he's kind of one of those guys that's like a price point orientated option. Like if you're looking at a second trade and allowing and buying him allows you to do that main first one, then... You know, you're not really losing a huge lot and you can end up gaining something, you know. He's been the beneficiary the last couple of weeks of players getting injured and going off early and he just plays the whole game because he's just a monster, uh, which has been great for me. So, uh, mate, uh, I mean, outside of that, obviously, we're not buying Walsh. He's still kind of looking like he might be a final team keeper at this point, though. Manly versus West Tigers. Uh, Turbo's back. Chez is back. Schuster's on the edge. Uh, Ola Kawatu's just gone absolutely ham uh, recently. I saw his three-game average is absolutely um, off the charts as well. So, mate, uh, this Manly side outside of Turbo and Cherry, is there anyone that you'd sort of want to be mucking around with or you prefer to stick to the uh, the old favourites there? I see Jerbo's back as well. Yeah, finally. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, I think I'd be pretty happy to stick in with uh, Turbo and Cherry. Um, you know, obviously Garrick's still an absolute weapon, um, but again, I yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to leave him uh, leave him to do his thing. But yeah, again, like Olakawatu's bloody destroying it. You'd be pretty happy if you jumped on in the three hundreds, wouldn't you? Um, mm. But I definitely yeah, caught, uh, talked a couple of people out of him, which I feel bad about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's he's been the beneficiary of some uh, good attacking stats. I think he he scored what five tries, tries in his yeah, five tries in his last five games. So that definitely helps. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's still still be happy if you got him. Yeah, well that's it. It's not like tries don't count, so they mm. can be part of your base. <laughs> <laughs> As we've learnt this year. 
Yeah. Uh, mate, uh, the Tigers, though, uh, we might have an option here for fantasy in the Tigers with uh, Adam Dewey coming back and getting, what, five try assists or something last week. So, mate, uh, any interest in the uh, the Dewmeister? The oh, look, um, if I was feeling uh, I was feeling a little bit frisky, I'd definitely consider it. Um, I, I just I, I've, how many, I don't know how many times I've said this on this podcast. I just don't trust Madge. Um, you don't know like what he's going to do on a week to week basis, uh, depending on his whims. Um, you know they're they're playing Manly this week. There's every chance Manly win by fifty and do his back to center. Uh, you know that said, if he if he can get past Manly this week, uh, the Tigers actually do have a pretty favorable schedule after this week. They've got the mm. Warriors, Bulldogs, Cowboys, and Sharks. Um, I guess the the only real concern for me is that unlike the last time Dewey was playing in the halves where he was pinching a lot of kick meters, he only had 56 last week. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming Brooks did the... I don't know how many meters Brooks had. I'll have a quick look. But I'm assuming he he did the uh, the bulk of it. So, I mean, you're going to be relying a little bit more on those attacking stats, it seems. Um, yeah, Brooks had 481. So, he was still doing the bulk of the kicking. So, it seems like you're going to have to rely on those attacking stats versus... The high base that Dewey had um, in the last uh, in his last run in the halves. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, he's going to be a, a, an uh, an upside based, low floor, inconsistent, and no job security wing fullback option. Um, if I was going to jump on somebody at that price point, I think I'd probably go for Latrell. Yeah, well, I guess you don't have to worry about Latrell's uh, job week to week, do you? Yeah, well, Origin's all done now, so he should be playing every week rest of the season now. So, like, I mean, if Manly get up thirty nil in the first thirty minutes, he could get subbed off for Embi. You don't know, so you can't, you know, you can't trust it. Uh, Panthers versus the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> Matt Burton named in the centers. <laughs> Uh, Abby Coruscant, oh my God, Ivan, you really ruined me with that one last week. Sorry, anybody that jumped on my recommendation for uh, by the week, he got put on the bench and scored 20-something, which is obviously not great. You have to imagine that's not going to happen again this week, though. Um, uh, Matt Burton being named in the centres is the big news here with Tyra May being named at halfback. (laughs) Yep. I thought I'd just handball that one to you and just see what I could get out, and I wasn't sure. And the audible sigh and, and like, a little sad laugh was was pretty much the peak of what I was hoping for. So, You know know what the worst part was? Like, I bought him in round 16 when he was named at 5'8". He comes out and plays bloody centre. Last week he actually plays in the halves. It's the one game I'm getting out of him playing in the halves. And and my bloody... (laughs) Oh. And, no, and my head-to-head opponent had him, so he wasn't even a pod. Oh, no. He wasn't even a pod. The one game he plays in the bloody hearts. Oh, Ivan, oh, just no. get in the bin. Get in the bin, Ivan. Sad times. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you, Ivan, because I am versing somebody who has Burton this week, so I will be happy. Uh, the Broncos actually kind of have a bit of a role on, and this team's not looking terrible. Uh, so Staggs uh, is in the centres with Herbie Farmworth. Staggs is looking pretty... Like he's kind of looking towards his old self, uh, averaging 42, 41 last week. So that's about sort of where we expect him to be. Asako's goal kicking though, so which that sort of takes away his real uh, upside there. He also doesn't play at 80 minutes either of the two weeks. So, uh, mate, uh, outside of Tyson Gamble doing good stuff and just continuing to be 
Tyson Gamble and Payne Haas, we're sort of not really mucking around too much with this Broncos team, are we? No, I mean, I'd be uh, willing to consider Staggs once Xavier Coates comes into this side. I'm not sure what's going on with him. He's lurking down there in 21. I don't know if, uh, you know, if, if Isaaco could somehow drop out of this side and we get uh, Staggs goal-kicking this week, then, yeah, maybe he's one I look at in the in the future. But um, I'm, I'm pretty happy to... I saw to... something today on Facebook uh, that was that uh, Broncos have said that they're not going to play Coates again this year because he's going to Melbourne next year. Oh, well. <laughs> and Isaaco's their goal-kicker. Jeez, I, that uh, that sort of tells me I need to trade Pank High final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah so, um, I mean, maybe that's a lie, uh, but, yeah, so it's, uh, sorry to put it put a pin in your, your, your thought process there, but that's something that I saw that was really interesting. So, mate, uh, outside of that, obviously, Broncos. and But this is the, the lesson to take out of that, I guess, is Broncos are going to be preparing for 2022. So, um, who knows? It's not like Coates has been doing anything particularly deserving of staying in the team, though, either. Mate, the Dragons resting a couple of players here. So, Normie's out. Cody Ramsey goes to centre, sees Jack Bird in the forwards. And I just don't really understand why they didn't just leave Jack Bird at centre and play Billy Burns at, at you know, the back rogues. That's... You know something, and or like you know, play Fui Mano there and put Kate Ellis on the bench. Like, I mean, they had a lot of options, and they chose the the stupidest one for me. Uh, I guess it's good for bird owners. Um, Clune on the bench is similar for McCulloch than not having him there. I guess at this point, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure what uh, what the Clune inclusion really adds. Um, hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure how to shake that one. Um, I know, like, didn't hasn't Clune like been on the bench before this season and just not even touched the park? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what I mean. Like, if he play, if he, I tell you, if I trade McCulloch and he plays 80 this week and Clune doesn't see the field, I'm gonna lose my mind and put my head through my TV. So, <laughs> I, I just don't know if I can do that to myself. That bench, like outside of Jack DeBell, and that bench looks like it's got hardly any minutes in it. I mean, Fumano might come on, but, like, I mean, I just don't trust this team at all. Um, I do want to ask you, though, um, with Jaden Sullivan coming into the halves this week with Ben Hunt, obviously he was a bit off after Origin, but against the Titans, who are missing Fogarty uh, and a couple of other players, is um, is Ben Hunt a captaincy option this week? Ooh, I mean, he's... Uh... He certainly, I don't know, I don't know if I'd uh, have the guts to do it because he's got a very low floor, as we saw last week. But, I mean, if there's one team you're well, probably going to want to... 48 hours after playing 80 minutes at hooker in origin. Yeah, but, I mean, we've seen him do this before, like scoring 18 in 80 minutes, 31 in eight, 80 minutes against the Bulldogs in round 14. Like, he's not he's not a uh, consistent walk-up 50 in and out every single week. But, I mean, he's certainly got a, a ceiling deserving of a captaincy option. If you're the underdog in a head-to-head, I, I mean, why not? Yeah, I just love it. I'd love to see somebody put the captaincy on Ben Hunt this week. I was actually looking at the captain's options this week going, am I captaining Ben Hunt? <laughs> so I don't know if I can, but I looked. I thought about it. Uh, <laughs> but outside of those two, it's really sort of not that great uh, to build them back to the bench as well for anybody that decided to have a, a, a gamble on him. Uh, mate, uh, Marju's back. Phillips Army's out. 
I'm not mad about trading him, though. Fogarty out's the big news here with Sexton uh, playing. You have to think that this Titans team's going to be struggling for a bit of direction, but I wonder if Sexton's and Taylor are just going to be told to give the ball to David Fafita and Fodawaker and see what happens. I mean, you'd, you'd hope so. Like, those are the two weapons. If you're going to, you know, beat this dragon side, you'd just run over the top of them, I guess. Um mm. But, yeah, I mean, those are your weapons. I don't know why you'd avoid trying to give them the ball, especially when you've got a, you know, a half like Sexton on debut. Um, mm. and well, here's Taylor the other and... question is, Jack Bird's named at back row. Um, he plays left edge, which is Fafida. No, Fafida's left side back row, isn't he? Yeah. So is he running at Sims? I never. I swear if Sims used to play left but he might move if Bird's going to play. If Fafita's matching up on Bird, you have to imagine that Fafita's going to give him a bath, is I guess what yeah. I'm getting at. I'm pretty sure the last time Bird played a uh, second row, he's on the right. So, um, I mean, that would put Fafita up against him this week. Yeah, just something to keep in mind for the captaincy. I know everyone's a bit worried about Fafita's 45 in 50-something minutes and getting hooked after taking three runs for 18, minute, 18 metres in the first 30 minutes last week. Uh, I just I think that that's a I, I know that he's a 1.2 million dollar player, but you have to expect that the halves are going to try to give him the ball. Like you know, it's not yet all the good back rowers get put through holes by their halves, and it's their job to run the good lines. You know, it's they're not asked to just go in and get the ball and and yolo it across the field. And I mean, that's what we want for feeder to do for fantasy, but for uh, for footy purposes, it's 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 just because somebody gets paid a lot. It's not his responsibility to play make. It's his responsibility to finish plays. So, yeah. and if he's not getting the ball from his halves because they're just, you know, holding onto it and and running it themselves or kicking it across field to Philip Sami or whatever, then you know that's not his fault. Um, mate, actually, one thing I will bring up is Brian Kelly, who's been really, really good the last couple of weeks. Uh, so he's got three out of his last four scores in the 50s. Yes, they've got tries, but also centre score tries. And he's also scored those tries against three teams in the top nine on the ladder at the moment. So, I mean, the Dragons aren't a uh, a defensive powerhouse. Neither are the Bulldogs, neither are the Cowboys. But then he walks into Rabbitohs and Storm. I mean, it's probably a bit late to be buying a centre, but he might be another one of those price point orientated options. Yeah, certainly. If I mean, if you are in need of one, um, yeah, he's uh, he's certainly an option given the uh, Titan schedule coming up. Yep. Uh, oh, last game, Bulldogs versus Sharkies. So, mm. um, I mean, Lewis got away with his uh, grapple, whatever he did at halftime to Cody Walker with just a fine. So he's going to play, which is bad news for everybody. That's not Lachlan Lewis. Uh, so fantasy-wise in the Bulldogs, Thompson's kind of slowed down a bit. Jackson on the edge is doing less, but, you know, he actually had a pretty good score, things considered. Marshall King's back, uh, but it's all pretty not very interesting. Yeah, there's not really uh, not really much fantasy-wise going on with this side at the moment. I guess, you know, there's a lot of people with Avarillo in their side that are just praying he starts to put up some um, attacking stats soon because, yeah, Lockie Lewis, unfortunately, is really into those kick meters. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm, I'm actually considering just playing Gagai and um, Brian Kelly this week and not playing Avrilo because I'm tired of him. But I'm sure he'll probably punish me. 
uh, if that happens. I'll get like some sort of, you know, Matt Dory will come into 5'8 or something like that. <laughs> you know, the fantasy gods, they'll hate me if I don't do it. So we'll see how I go. Uh, mate, the Sharkies, though, obviously, uh, Braden Trindle's sitting there in number six, ruining Sean Johnson for everybody. No sign of Matt Moylan anywhere. Outside of that, it's basically just Ramian. I mean, Sean Johnson's such a tough one because he's, you know, he's so good on his day. But if he's not goal kicking and he's having his in play kicking stolen by Trindle, uh, there's a, an argument to be made in a team that doesn't have Fogarty and Moses with red dots to be selling Sean Johnson. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, like, I guess, you know, Trindle's averaging about 120 kick metres. Uh, you know, plus, Which is about 119 more than what Moylan averages. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you know, three goals. So that's, uh, what, 11 points uh, per week. He's eating out of Sean Johnson's ceiling there. So, um yeah, without Moylan there, it, it certainly certainly makes it a little bit tougher for for Johnson to uh, really kick on, especially without that goal kicking. Like you can survive losing five points in in play kicking. Um, it's the it's the goal kicking that really takes a you know I mean it you know the goal kicking takes about a six point dip out as well. So you know those combined, you really need that goal kicking back. And I, I know you had some info about his knee being a little bit uh, old manish, but. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure when he's going to get that back. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's alarming to say the least. So, I mean, I don't really know what to do about it because I've got him on my team and I'm looking at a team full of headaches at the moment despite scoring over 1,000 last week in a really tough week. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens here. Uh, mate, uh, I think that'll just about do us because I'm, I'm tired of talking about my sad stuff. Mate, uh, who's your top captaincy options this week? So um, we didn't actually put up a Q&A post today, uh, but I'm interested to see. So I, I noted earlier this week it's a pretty tough captaincy week. Normally for feeder would be the obvious one for me against the depleted Dragons, but, you know, uh, unreliable minutes is there. you got um, Payne Haas is doing really well, but playing against Penrith, you got you know, none of the fullback guy. I mean, aside from Turbo playing West Tigers, maybe. I mean, where are you at? Yeah, that um, that could be the one, actually, uh, Turbo against the Tigers. Like, they could really shred this side. Um, yeah, like, I'd love to stick it on for feeder again. But, you, yeah, it's just the minutes that are that are concerning. Like, he hasn't played, you know, he didn't play here. Well, I only played 58 minutes last week. Um yeah, I don't know. That's it's really strange to see Fafita only playing fifty-eight minutes. Um, I'm like, I wonder why that is. Like, I know the Titans weren't going too well, but yeah, with uh, both Firm Firmer on the bench, eating. Into I think those, he got hooked um, for being lazy. I mean, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. He's known for that occasionally, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've had it on Fafita since uh, lockout ended, but. Yeah, I'd, I'd really consider maybe Tom Turbo against uh, okay. against this Tigers side. I mean, I'm having a, a sneaky peek at Reed Marnie, mm. who seems to have a pretty high floor this year combined with a good ceiling. Raiders play a lot down the middle, but, I mean, the other one to have a look at is Payne Haas, Ben Hunt, even um, Teddy against a Knights team with no peer. Pierce and you know a bit depleted. Yeah, you know, like I could see him, you know, going absolutely ham this week. 
Oh, such a headache. Even, you know, even Crichton as well. But, you know, who's to say he's not going to get shifted to the bench late again? Yeah, I think the floor play is probably Payne Haas, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. The floor play would be Payne Haas. It's just, yeah, it's, um, I guess this is really showing what uh, life is like without Big Chin, <laughs> without Big Chin around. <laughs> it's actually a headache to pick a captain. You know how I've been feeling all year. Yeah, we're getting the, uh, the, the funky bunch ex- uh, experience here. Yep, mate. Well, you know, it's a it's a glimpse inside the mind of the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually, we got a really interesting question last week. Uh, so teams that um, we should be targeting for um, the head to head finals. Mm. So uh, that was actually from one of our interns, uh, but I thought it was a really cool discussion point. So, mate, uh, I've actually done up uh, Mark's homemade custom uh, strength of schedule. Uh, analyzer for head-to-head finals being rounds 21 to 24. Mm-hmm. So in order from softest schedule to hardest schedule, uh, the teams that have a particularly soft schedule are the Sharks, the Warriors, and the Knights. So based on that information, is there anyone that you would give more or less sort of uh, weight to from that lot I mean, for me, the the one that sticks out for me is wanting to hang on to Sean Johnson, uh, being that the Sharks have the clear, softer schedule. Yeah, that uh, that does seem like one to me. I guess um, Ponga there as well could easily uh, really kick on during that finals run home. Um, although I'll give you a, a little bit of a smoky as like a uh, cover option if you need if you need one. That's probably going to uh, get your blood boiling. But Bradman Best. <laughs> oh, don't even. Four hundred eleven. Is he named K. today? Is no, he there? He's, he's not, but he's apparently due back next week. He's apparently yeah, due no back way. next week. Yeah, and then oh. he get injured again the week after. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, with that run home, if you feel like taking a bit of a risk, four hundred eleven k break even a forty four, he's going to probably be you know around that four hundred k mark come the start of the head to head finals when the Knights run into the Broncos, mm-hmm. Sharks, Bulldogs, Titans. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's all. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, so I've, what I've done went for my head-to-head uh, strength of schedule calculator is I've assigned teams a numerical value, one to five, one being the best and five being the worst, and I've sort of calculated it out. So Sharks are the only team that plays nobody better than a four. So And then the Knights, uh, the Knights and the Warriors play one, three each. Uh, the first, but then now after that, the Cowboys Bulldogs also have a pretty good schedule as well. So should be good for Tomalolo, uh, although it's not good this week. Uh, even in round twenty as well, Cowboys have got a, a pretty soft matchup. So after this week, it's all guns blazing for Tomalolo, uh, and Bulldogs are all right. Although I think maybe the only way that's going to benefit us is if Kyle Flanagan comes in and Avrilo goes back to being the the full time halfback. Yeah, that, that honestly, yeah, the only way I could really see that uh, see that becoming a, a potential option. Yep. On the reverse side of the scale, uh, the teams with the toughest schedules are outright the Eels dead last uh, into Titans and then the Rabbitohs and Raiders. So, I mean, for the Eels, I guess that puts uh, – uh, spotlight on Reed Marnie being, you know, defensive workload against good teams. Mm. 
So, I mean, all of the teams, all of those four teams play somebody that le- that is at least a four once. So they do have at least one soft matchup or quote-unquote soft. Uh, although the Raiders have three pretty soft matchups and then play the Storm, uh, which is what lets them down. Uh, but although the Raiders, it's really just Harawira Naira, but maybe Josh Hodgson sort of, you know, if the game's going to be closed, odds on he's not going to be kind of rested or anything. You know, Rabbitohs, though, I'm really interested in Damien Cook, and that's why I'm sort of angling at Rabbitohs here. Um, is he going to, like, stop being bad? Um, I mean, I don't know. He hasn't really given you any indication that he's going to start being good, has he? Um, no. I mean, it's good news to yeah, Cameron Murray, I think, being the the base stats, close games, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh just yeah, Cook. I feel yeah, like I, I feel like yeah, if I, I can go, agree there. You go. No, yeah. no, I was just going to say, just with Cookie, like he, um, his his floor is just a, a lot lower this year. Like he's still got that ceiling. Like we've seen him put out like 88, 80, 73. But yeah, he's, in, in years past, his floor would have been, you know, like in in the low fifties type of thing. And this year, it's mm. in the thirties, high thirties, low forties. Yeah, well, I'm just looking at the last three games he's played and he seems to be defending less. Uh, mm. So obviously he, he made 34 tackles against the Broncos, but that was only in 66 minutes. Uh, but then before that, 38 was his lowest tackle count of the year and everything else was above 40, uh, whereas the last three weeks he's gone sub-30, sub-40, 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 sub-40 even though he's played basically the whole game, five missed tackles in 15 and 16. You have to imagine that was due to origin fatigue. Uh, is an extra, you know, week, you know, but he played the Bulldogs and the Tigers and and, didn't, and the Broncos and still didn't score well. Maybe he needs to play tough teams to score well. I know the Warriors are going to be banging down the front door this week. Uh, he averages 64 against the Warriors by the looks of this. So, um, I mean, he could be a really interesting pod, although he's owned by 13.7%, but you have to imagine that a lot of those teams are um, not teams that are towards the top. Yeah, probably a lot of autopilot teams in there too, you'd say. Mm. Um, I'm just really yeah. curious about him more than anything. Yeah, because, I mean, he's one of those ones that you're just used to being a the captaincy option, I guess, over the past few years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, like, I mean, so we're back in before round one when we were sort of talking about Matt Lodge and recommending him to people, if I told you that Matt Lodge was going to be the same price as Damien Cook by the end of the year or in round 19, <laughs> you would have assumed that they both would have been 800K or 750K, not mid-600s. Yeah, um, certainly, yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a, a absolute cliff. Uh, Cook's fallen off. I don't know if he just needs a rest because I mean he hasn't had a week off. Like you know, Bennett's been um, resting. Like you know, like Gagai's had a week off. Latrell's had like two weeks off. I think. Um, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe he just needs a week off to yeah. get back. But I don't know. Well, I mean, Benji had the uh, he got stuck out of the bubble or something. I don't know if they've let him in yet. Um, but he's their kind of hooker cover. They got, the Greek, they, they got the Greek man there too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, th- it's, a bit, it's a bit weird actually because Bennett's normally pretty famous for arresting players. It's just that round 14 that he didn't play. 
Um, but outside of that, he's he's gone the full the full stint. So I mean, maybe he's a late maybe he's a late pullout or something this week. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, if we knew that he was going to be playing eighty every week for the rest of the year, he'd be a, an option. But they've got Tane Milne on the bench at the moment. You have to imagine he's not going to drop out for him. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, and I mean, the other ones obviously the Titans in lots of close games, which is bad for. Maybe David Fafita and Fogarty. Um, but, I mean, you kind of have to hold Fogarty given the shortage of trades and only out one week at this point, don't you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was the only reason I'm considering trading him is that he was in my plans to be traded in round 22 just because they're playing the Rabbits and then Melbourne um, mm. and then Newcastle, and that's like right in the head-to-head finals. So yeah. um, if I did pull the trigger on him, it would be a little bit earlier than I would have liked given that they are playing the Bulldogs and the Cowboys um, in the next couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, he's a real tough one. If you don't have the trades, obviously just hold him because, I mean, you would expect him back round 20. I mean, if you've already got him, he'd be an ideal person to park in your loophole slot and just sort of see if you can play him in an emergency and that's it type of thing. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too sure what I'm doing this week. I have to I have to really figure it out. I, I guess you know, Pangai is uh, a real question mark because you don't know what Kevy's going to do with his role from uh, going forward. So I mean, there's every chance that he's uh, you know just on the bench because you know Kevy doesn't really care about winning now because the Broncos aren't doing anything. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean the only other thing here to have a look at as well, if we're looking towards end of the season stuff, is a loophole planning. Um, and, and trying to buy – somebody asked us in our Facebook group today about which team is the best team to get a red dot from, and the correct answer to that question is the Bulldogs. So yes. they uh, they only have one game that's not on a Sunday for the rest of the year now. So uh, they're basically the perfect loophole team, and that game on the Sunday is like lunchtime on Saturday. Like or not lunch – like the middle, middle game, I should say, which is actually 5.30, not lunchtime. Mm. So – yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, they're definitely the way to go if you need a red dot. So, mate, uh, outside of that, I reckon we wrap her up there. Uh, mm. And um, we'll, uh, if you got any questions, direct them to the other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't want to answer your questions, mate. mate. You can uh, you can shoot through your questions to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter inboxes. Even oh, jump over, um, jump over into our Facebook group. There's got a whole trade thread going on there. People are constantly posting trades and getting advice and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, mate, it's yeah. what 900 members or something like that. And you know, if you uh, are feeling so inclined, you can verbally abuse me on there, which is a bit of fun. So, <laughs> mate, uh, actually, while we got here, um, we may as well have a look at our overall league and see. Oh, yeah. We've actually got two guys in the top ten here, which is which is pretty cool. So, wow. there's the uh, the rogue. Don't know newcomers and and Bevan, who's that's the leader in number seven. I must admit to you, Bevan, I'm very disappointed that you are not uh, sprouting your NRL fantasy amateurs tag, and you've got Rogue in your name. It's very disappointing, but um, you know, <laughs> mate, his team has in a bit of trouble. Um, it's got Sadler and Suwali. They got Torhu there, Jaden Braley, I guess. Um, He's getting Teddy and Cherry Evans back this week. It's, not t- it's actually not too bad. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, assuming you've got trades less, you look, look, left, you're looking for an option for Torhu, who's now at oh, 677K. Oh, my God, that's horrible. Ugh, yeah, uh, he went down a lot. What about yeah. uh, our, our man? Two, two behind him. 
in in number nine, who's uh, what about yeah, what about our, good and holding Cleary? What, what about our man um, talking leagues? Tristan sitting in fourth. Yeah, and sixty fourth overall. He was uh, saying today went from a hundred or when I say today, I think it was on Sunday, like the Sunday night podcast that I listened to yesterday morning. Um, he uh, was saying that he uh, he went from 160 to 60 or something like that, so he's doing really well. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I'm, I'm looking for people outside of that, like actual names that I recognise from our Facebook group. I think Sonny down there in 210th overall, he's in our Facebook group. Is that Clint Jung in 218? Must be Mavericks. Um, yeah, he's doing really well. Um, and Lordy down there in 337, so... Yeah, there's a couple of uh, a couple of good guys in our uh, Facebook group who um, know what they're talking about. Unlike Ryan and I, who suck, but we're uh, <laughs> we're out here pumping advice out to you anyway. So yeah, you got to keep uh, keep scrolling for a little bit to find us on this leaderboard, don't you? Yeah, no, nah, man, I'm so good, I'm not even on it. <laughs> <It's> too, <laughs> I'll too be good. there by the end of the year. Don't worry, mate. I've gone in from twenty one thousand five hundred to six thousand five hundred in like six weeks. So I'm I'm storming down the straight like winks. Jeez, you're flying, mate. You are absolutely flying. Yeah, yeah mate. I could. I I I reckon uh, we've I've discovered the optimal uh, plan for next year, mm. which is start with Cleary, have him up until Origin starts, and then trade him out, and then get the best both best of both worlds out. Ah, okay. I see what you're doing. Yeah. So I reckon I reckon that's a goer, um, but we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a very expensive buy next year. At um, well, I'm ho- I'm kind of hoping he loses a bit of cash between now and the end of the year. I'm not going to buy him because he's going to have a bodgy shoulder. But you know, like if uh, if he puts up a couple of forties and fifties and and gets his gets his average down to a nice little you know eighty five or something like that, so. We we can hope. We can hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, can, we have like half your salary cap just on Cleary, and they have like two divisions: one for teams with Cleary, one without. Because it's, <laughs> this is like no point. It'll either be really good or really bad to own him, and everybody else is wasting their time. Uh, kind of like the first half of this year, yeah. uh, but that's all right. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for joining us, everyone. Enjoy your uh, weekend of footy. Uh, if you don't have any trades left, I recommend. I don't know. Living vicariously through somebody else's trades. Ryan's got plenty. You can send him a message on Facebook. Yeah. Just direct message him to his personal Facebook. I, I'm, I'm selling. One. Yeah, I'm selling trades. I've still got nine left. So if anyone wants to buy a trade, <laughs> just uh, yeah, PayPal me, and I can send it your way. Yeah. And if anybody's got more than nine trades, send us a message on the the Facebook Fantasy Amateurs page because I'd really like to hear about it if you got more than nine and you didn't start your team like two weeks ago because you were bored and you ran out of trades on your first team. So. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys.